0: remember Carol
1: Carol the fifth son became
2: Well, good morning. Let's stand all over the house this morning. We're going to sing an old hymn of the church. It says glory to his name. Let's worship the Lord. We're going to ask the ushers if they would make their way this morning for us to receive our tithes and offerings. As they make their way this morning, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, we love you. We glorify the name that's above every name. That's the name of Jesus. Father, I pray, God, as we get ready to take up this morning's tithes and offerings, God, you would use the monies that are given for the upbuilding of your kingdom. Father, bless those that have to give and those that don't have to give. If there's someone here today who cannot give for whatever reason, we ask that at some point in time you would bless them, Lord, to be able to give back. Lord, just to show how good and how faithful and how wonderful you've been to each and every one of us. Father, I pray this morning, God, that every song that is sung and every word that is spoken, God, would be for the upbuilding of the kingdom of God. And God, I know that beyond a shadow of a doubt, Lord, we need you more now than we did yesterday. And so, Lord, today we're asking your spirit to come down and so real and so evident in the house of the Lord. And we will forever give you the praise and the glory and the honor that is due your name. In Christ Jesus our Lord we pray, in the body of Christ together say amen. 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 Will you bring it at this time during our meet and greet. God bless you this morning.
3: your glory, Lord.
2: this morning. We're going to ask those leading scripture and prayer if they would come at this time and merely following scripture and prayer, uh, we will have a special uh, song selection for you this morning. God bless you today.
1: All right. Good morning. Nice crowd today. Everybody g- glad to be here in the house of the Lord? Even if you're not saving it. Okay, good Today is Psalms 40. It's praise for answered prayer. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined unto me and heard my cry. He brought me up also out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock and established my goings. He hath put a new song in my mouth, even praise unto our God. Many shall see it and fear and shall trust in the Lord. Blessed is that man that maketh the Lord his trust. And respecteth not the proud, nor such as turn aside the lies. Many, O Lord my God, are thy wonderful works that thou hast done, and thy thoughts which are to usward. They cannot be reckoned up in order unto thee. If I would declare and speak of them, they are more than can be numbered. How about stand up for a minute? Let's pray to the Lord. Kind heavenly Father, we do thank you and praise you for your wonderful works, Lord. We thank you for your wonderful answers to prayer. We thank you for being with us and keeping us, Lord, and lifting us up and strengthening us. Lord, we thank you for your comfort when we're needing, for being with us and helping us, lifting us out of the mire. Lord, we thank you for the many wonderful things that you have done. And we also thank you, Lord, when we're going through trials, that you're there for us to help us, to lift us up, to keep us, to strengthen us. Lord, there's no testimony without tests. I said it this morning in the Sunday school class. And without the test that we have to go through, we can't show others the wonderful works of you in Christ. I pray, Lord, that you sent your son to save us. Lord, that you will listen as he sits at your right hand and we give our supplications unto thee. Lord, we thank you and praise you for all of this. Help us to do the things you would have us to do. For we ask all this in Jesus' holy precious name. And everyone said, Amen. Thank you. You may be seated.
0: Start
4: Let your love shine through me in the night
2: Let's stand back all over the house this morning. I know we just came out of a season of Thanksgiving, but we're going to still kind of sing about the Thanksgiving of the Lord today. So let's sing that today. We sing it thanks, 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 Lord, I give.
3: Everything is going wrong Even, even on oh Lord the mountains Your loving presence makes me strong Each and every moment Lord, and each, each and every day, day I'm going to sing and, sing and shout i let the rocks cry out I'll, I'll give you all the
2: you. God has been so good to each and every one of us. This should be the heart cry of us about the church today.
3: For all that you've got, Lord, we'll
0: thank you. For all that you do. Lord, for all that
3: I thank you,
0: Lord,
2: service today, that you would be with us as we get ready to study your word together. Lord, bless the time we have together. In Christ's holy and precious name we pray, and the people of God together said, amen. 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 I'm going to ask the ushers if they'll come at this time. You may be seated for a moment. Uh, There should be a bag in the back back there. We just need to get that bag if possible. If we have both, that would be great. If we only have one, that's fine. We have been announcing that we want to take up an offering for our retired ministers in this state, there's a lot of them that are involved in ministry, but they are retired now, and so they are a part of a group
5: of retired men and women.
2: They'll take a... State office, they'll send to international. So I'm going to pray, and these gentlemen are just going to come walk by your pew. If you want to give something towards it, you can. We have money's already designated we're going to send, but we just want to bless the men and women that have paved their way, paved our way, if you will, And all they they were patriarchs of faith. They were. And we want to bless them today. So I'm going to pray. And then if you feel led to give, uh, you can do so. Heavenly Father, to the best of my ability, Lord, I pray today that you would help us, God, to honor the men and women that have been so faithful in their giving. God, I know that I very rarely ever take up a special offering. But, God, I feel compelled, Lord, to bless the men and women who have pioneered the way and have paved the way for men like me have the opportunity to do what I do, and stand where I stand. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would bless this offering, that it would bless a retired minister or their family. You would allow them to feel loved this holiday season. And, God, I pray that you would bless tenfold, hundredfold, thousandfold, whatever you decide to each and every person represented in this house that chooses to give today to bless those families. And for that, we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Christ Jesus, our Lord, we pray, people of God have said amen. Amen. These gentlemen are going to serve you. While they're serving you, uh, they'll just go down both sides there and they will, they will uh, wait on you. If you need assistance, let them know. They will help you. I want to make a couple housekeeping items. Please don't forget uh, to go pick up your kids when church is over. Uh, we don't keep them. Uh, this, is not, this is not Eli and Samuel. I don't keep your children for you. You take them home. You brought them. You take them. You don't keep them. Uh, this, so please sign your kids out today. Uh, from from Kids Church, Um, my wife who is back there and sister Sandy will appreciate it more than you know, Um, so help them as well, don't forget there's a lot of stuff happening, the Young Adult Christmas Party is on December 2nd, church leadership training on the 3rd, some have had some questions about the church Christmas party on December 4th, it is like a snack night except just no church, everybody we're just asking you to bring your holiday favorites, whether it's a dish, whether it's a... Or hors d'oeuvre type style. We just want you to bring something. Um, we're going to have some games. We're going to play the, the gift exchange. Uh, that's why we have that 5 to $10 wrapped gift. We'll put a number and everybody will play the gift exchange. It'll be at 6 p.m. It'll be like we did last year, except last year we did it on a Saturday night. Um, this year we didn't want to put the burden on somebody to have to cook the whole thing like we did last year. So this year we're just going to let everybody bring their holiday favorites. If your holiday favorite is pecan pie, please bring it, one for the church and then one for my office. Um, don't need to put both of them out. That's just gluttony. We'll share. We want to share, um, but uh, but we'll have a good time. Even if you, if you're a first time guest, I see some folks here I don't recognize your name or recognize your face. Uh, let me say to you, there's a connection card in the seat in front of you. We'd like you to fill it out and let us know who you are. Give it to us at the end of service. So we, can, one of our hospitality members, is any of my hospitality members here? Will you raise your hands. You can hand it to any of those. They'll give it to me or whatever. But you can come to the Christmas party. You're not. You're not. Uh, Barred from it. We we love to have as many folks as possible, and uh, and so we would be honored to have you. Those of you that are normally here on Wednesday night, this Wednesday night, we are doing a little something different. We are decorating the. Uh, we're gonna have a time of fellowship together, but we're gonna decorate the Christmas float for the Christmas parade that is this weekend coming up uh, on Saturday night, I believe. I think it starts at six o'clock there in town. Uh, we've got a Christmas uh, float in there with our church involved in it to, in town, of Monks corner. Uh, two years ago, so we're going to do it again. Somebody asked, said, oh, Pastor, rain's coming. I, I know. But that's why it's inside. <laughs> so I put it uh, inside the building. The building has heat, and it has air, depending on what the weather decides to do. So you are safe. You are able. It's not. You're not going to get rained on. You're not going to get molded. You're not going to melt away. You're going to be OK. Um, you can still fix your hair, and it won't get messed up. Um, so if you could help us with that, we appreciate it. i just like to plug this. We do have a Christmas Eve service on uh, Christmas Eve night from 5 to 6 p.m., and we'll have our Christmas Day service from 11 to 12, just one hour each, but we want to celebrate the uh, birth, if you will, even though he wasn't born in December, we want to celebrate the birth uh, and the the anticipated arrival of our Lord and Savior. For all our first-time guests and those that are watching online, let me just say thank you for visiting us today. We hope that you feel right at home. We'll come again real soon. If you need anything, please let one of those hospitality members know, and uh, we would be honored to serve you any way we can, and we love you. We ask that God bless you in everything that you say and do. Let's jump into the word today.
5: Book of John, chapter number
2: four. I'm going to begin reading in verse 38. And then there'll be a couple of them on the screen for you today. We are in a series, most of you know, we are in a series called Assignments. And for the 2022 and 2023 church year, I have cast the vision of this body. That I believe God wants us to reach, disciple, and pray. One person, one family, and one community at a time. People, I'm gonna tell you right now, and I have today I have I'm gonna be brutally honest with you. I feel more passionate and strongly about it now than I have ever did in my lifetime. He is coming back. You better get ready. You better quit playing games with your family. You better quit playing games with God. You better quit playing games with your other friends. You better lay aside every weight that so easily entangles you and you better run this race that's been set before you. I'm telling you, you can play all you want to but the devil is on a war path He's destroying families. He's destroying homes. And I'm telling you right now that if God does not come back quickly, the Bible said even the very elect of God will be deceived. It is not the time to fiddle, fart around, and play around and do all this. You need to make sure you and God have it right. You and God need to make sure it's right. And if you're unsure, you better not leave this place today until you get it right. Because the devil is out. He is running crazy in this world. You better make sure you and Jesus are okay when this thing wraps up. So our vision is to reach everybody we can because the devil certainly is trying to take everybody out that he can. We've been talking about a series called Finish. We've been talking about the letter F stood for find, the letter I stood for intercede, the letter N stood for network, the next letter I stood or the next letter I stood for invest. And today we're going to finish with the letter S and H put together send and harvest. You cannot have a harvest unless somebody goes out there and starts picking the fields. The the corn does not come into the house on its own. Somebody has to go into the field and pick the corn off the vine. We've got to find them. We've got to go and we've got to tell them.
5: Look at a story. If you can
2: do so, if you can't, we understand. It's the story of the Samaritan woman. She's had an encounter with Jesus. She's went back to town to tell everybody about this man called Jesus she's met. Can I just tell you this morning, when you meet Jesus, he'll change your life. He will. In the meantime, his disciples urged him. They returned back from going to buy food. They said, Rabbi, why don't you eat something? But he said, I'm, I have food to eat which you know not of. They thought somebody has brought food. He says, therefore the disciples said to one another, has someone brought him lunch? While we and Jesus said to them, my food think it is to do the will of him who sent me and to look at the word what is the letter we've been spelling out what's the word we've been spelling out this whole time the word finish look at what Jesus said my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish the work or his work do you not say there's still four months and then comes the harvest but what I say to you lift up your eyes and look to the fields for they are ready are white for the harvest and he who reaps received wages and gathers fruit for eternal life that both he who sows and he who reaps may rejoice together for in this saying is true one sows another reaps i send you not don't miss what he said i sent you to reap for that which you have not labored others have labored We just took up an offering for the retired ministers. There's been people, whether it's church or many churches across this nation, a lot of other people have labored so we can reap the benefits of their labor. This country, we're reaping the benefits of some of the things this country has for the labor that people did all the way back in 1776. There's been people that have labored and gave up their lives so we have the the blessings we have today. Others have labored and you have entered into their labors. Look at what Matthew says. disciples
5: and he said the merciful, but there's a problem the workers or the laborers therefore pray to the Lord of the
2: harvest to sin here's that word I've already read the word harvest now look at what the Bible says you got to in order to have a harvest you have to pray that God send them out to be able to harvest now in Revelation chapter 14 Bible's talking about the Lord separating the wheat from the tares. And he's talking about the righteous from the unrighteous. Look at what the, John the Revelator said he saw in his Apocalyptic vision that he had there on the Isle of Patmos. He said behold I looked and there was a great white cloud and on the cloud There sat one like the Son of Man talking about the Son of God Having in his hand a golden crown and in in his hand a sharp sickle Which is a device used to 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 sift wheat and an angel came out of the temple of God crying out Thrust your sickle and reap for the time has come for you to reap for the harvest of the earth is right church now is the time for us to harvest The fields are wide up to harvest the laborers may be few but there are people today that are going through hell or high water if they ever needed to hear the word called grace if they ever needed to hear the word called mercy if they ever needed to know that there's a god who can save them and sanctify them and put them on the right pathway today is the day of salvation
5: not tomorrow today is the day
2: Sickle into the earth, and the earth was therefore reaped. Father, to the best of my ability, help me to preach Your Word. I need Your help today, but You're God. I'm not. More than anything else, You can do what only You can do. I'm just a servant. i me behind the cross of Calvary, knowing these lips of clay. I'm asking God today, you would let me preach the word more strength than I've ever had in my life. God, I pray that in the midst of this season, God, I'm asking you to do what only you can do. I need you, and this church needs you, this body needs you. There are other people and other churches and other communities, they need you today. Help us to hear. Let us not just be hearers of the word, but doers of this word. God, I commit this word into the loving arms of your Son, Jesus Christ, my Lord, because not one dot, not one tittle of your word will pass away until it accomplishes the task it's sent to do. God, you do it, not me, you. In Jesus' name I pray, in the body of Christ together, said, amen. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of the Lord. This morning, for a few moments, I want to talk to you on the subject title of Becoming an International Harvester. I'm not talking about Craig Morgan. I'm not talking about some song you hear on Y1025 or WEZL 103.5. I'm talking about being an international harvester for God. So I want you to understand something this morning before I get into the crux of this message. God's not a God for just black people. He's not a God for American people. In fact, Americans the melting pot of the world. Ain't none of us really American. The only really American is Native American. They were here before we got here. God's not the God of just Chinese, Japanese, Filipino, Oriental. The Bible said, once we get saved, we are all one under the blood of Jesus Christ. God's not red, yellow, black, and white, the old song says they're all precious and say, it doesn't matter who you are, he's the God for you. We're an international church. The Church of God is an international church with over seven with over seven point five million members worldwide in over 186 countries around the world some of our largest churches in the church of God are overseas in India and in China in countries that they're being persecuted 7.5 million members worldwide at the most of them are international representation we get to heaven there's not going to be segregation of certain sections that you stay and other people don't get to come into so we better understand how to live life down here together because when we get to heaven we got to live together so we better figure it out down here I'm not saying we don't get on each other's nerves from time to time, but we better get some things under the blood in this world that we're living in because when we get to heaven, it's all going to be one. There is no separate parts of heaven. We've been talking about this great word, finish. It was centered on the Great Commission when I started this entire series. I started it with the book of Matthew, with, Go ye therefore in all the nations, baptizing and teaching them all that I have commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even unto the ends of the earth. Can I tell you that the Great Commission has become the great omission of the church? We have forgotten how to do that. We're more worried about our lights, our productions, our professional paid band members, our concert-making praise teams, smoke, fog, swirling lights. Look, I'm not here to bash other churches to do that. That's not my point. But we have taken the limelight off of the cross and put it on me as the center of the stage. We have made churches, and I'm just going to be honest with you today, we've made churches a desecrated place. They have not been a place of reverence, but we have made them into a, a I mean, an absolute shamble. I mean, God would, if Jesus were to come back today, i believe with all my heart many churches he'd walk into he would be disgraced to know that they're uplifting his, trying to present him in that particular audience because all the lights are out but one light beams in the center of the auditorium for the pastor to be seen or just enough lighting for barely the praise team to be seen what, what if anything should happen all the lights should be off and there should be one on the cross of Calvary not anybody that's standing behind a sacred lectern listen it is not about me it is not about this church it is not about you I'm sorry if you thought it was about, about you I hate to bust your little egotistical bubble get over yourself it's not about you it's not about your family it's always been about him it's always going to be about him yes he loves you yes he wants to save you yes he wants to have a relationship with you but it doesn't matter whether you want it or not he's still God God never changes whether you accept him or not he's still king of kings he's still lord of lords he's still alpha and omega the beginning and the end he's still God whether we like it or not he's still God We let the church become a house of shambles. We need more people to be like the prophet Isaiah and say, Lord, if you can't find anybody here am I, send me. We read in John 4 about the Samaritan woman's encounter. In Matthew 9, Jesus was teaching his disciples about what it's like for people who were kind of, they, he felt like they were sheep without a shepherd. They were scattered. And he was saying, look, there's people out there. They're looking for answers. And who's going to give it to them? Revelation talked about the for righteous and unrighteous. I've always been impressed by farmers. For the last few years, I've had the distinct privilege with my wife to go to West Farm Corn Maze there on Cooper Store Road. For months, I will watch as the massive ears of corn begin to grow. And then by the time October rolls around, we get to walk through these fields and get lost in the maze. Yet, January, February time rolls around. I pass by these same fields on my way to this church which then are now flat and desolate, nothing is there. It's just gone. It's over. I've been afforded the opportunity to have friends who have worked in cotton and peanut farming. And my mind immediately reminisced about some of the days I had got to spend to them when I was just doing research for other things and watched their operation take place. Yes, they had big combines and tractors and things like that, but it, some of the, if you will, the, the nuts and bolts of what it took for them to, get the peanuts right for the harvest or the cotton just right for the harvest and, or, or, or whatever they may be growing. There was a process. It just didn't happen overnight. It wasn't something they just walked outside and waited for cotton to appear in the ground. And I began to think about that and as I was finishing and culminating this sermon today, I began to think, God, there are so many principles that are outlined by what they do that I think we as the church could apply to our lives and help us spiritually become international harvesters. And I would say to you that you say, Pastor, I just don't know, I'm older I'm and I'm not or i'm I'm not a, a spiritual giant in the faith and all that stuff. let me just tell you that God is still a miracle working God. He can use anything and anyone. Miracles. You should look at the preacher today wearing his South Carolina Gamecocks colors because they beat the Clemson Tigers. There's miracles, y'all. I have waited seven long years. I have fasted. I have prayed. I have lamented. I have screamed. I have thrown objects at my television and had to, not real objects, but fake little plush bears just agitated. I have called plays from my couch better than Marcus Satterfield ever thought about. I have thought about firing him so many times. Give me the job I can call a better play than that. And yet, I can stand here today and say, you know what? God is good. I don't know who got on God's favor this year, but God is still a miracle working God. And Marcus Satterfield... Pulled it out for me this year. I want you to know, while there's many people, and we joke about that, I know Brother and Sister Barnes' daughter Julie is a big Clemson fan. She already texted me last night. She's probably watching today. Julie, I do offer my condolences to you today, and I'm praying for you. Just know my heart is heavy for you, but I will not let this die until next year. And if any of you others are Clemson fans, I love you, but I'm going to enjoy this for a long time. It may be seven more years before I ever see this again. You know, you know the number seven is God's divine number of completion? God's in this thing, y'all. It was God's number. Seven years is God's number of divine completion. I don't know how it works, but God, I don't know. Maybe there's some strings pulled up there. But as I begin to think about this message and what it takes, I begin to think about, God, how can we become a church, a people that reaches the lost and finishes this great commission, this task we've been sent to do? So I started thinking about farmers. The first thing that came to my mind is a farmer has to prepare. It just doesn't happen. There's preparation that takes place. You can't go out there and reach somebody for Jesus Christ if you don't know Jesus Christ. Boy, it, it. I went to a nominal church. We're not Pentecostal anymore. That's great. Okay, praise Jesus. Let me say that one more time. Maybe this side will get it a little bit better than that side of the church did. You can't show people and tell people about Jesus if you've never met him for yourself to know what he's like. You only are going to be able to truly talk about the transformational work of Jesus Christ and the redemptive work of grace if you've experienced the transformational work of Christ and his grace. There's preparation. In order for a farmer to harvest, he must prepare the ground. Without seeds, there can be no crop. Hosea 10 and 12 says, Sow for yourself with the view of righteousness. Harvest in accordance to kindness. Break up the uncultivated ground. You know what break up the uncultivated ground? It means you've got to till the ground. you got to do some work before you drop the seed on the ground. There's some work that has to happen. For in the due season, seek the Lord until He rains down righteousness upon you. When you have that hard calloused ground you have to till it up can I tell you there are people that sit in our church services they've heard the gospel so much they've come to church so much over time God has become numb to them they don't want to hear the message anymore they don't want to listen to the 34 year old preacher anymore they don't want to listen to the Sunday school teacher they don't want it they feel like they're good them and God are good but there are people sitting across this nation and across our churches that have hardened hearts to the gospel they need to have something prick their heart they need to have it broke sometimes they have broken. Sometimes they have to be torn apart because in brokenness God can pour his seed inside of them. He breaks up the fallow ground. May I remind you worship is a preparation you do throughout the week not just something you participate on Sunday morning. If you think the only time you're supposed to worship God is from 11 to 1130 you have missed the point of worship. Worship is not something to just be done on a Sunday. It's something that I should live a lifestyle of every day. I should be worshiping every day. One song we sing around here is every day is a day of thanksgiving. Take the time to glorify the Lord today. Today. Our preparation speaks volumes in terms of the type of harvest one will reap. If the farmer never goes out there and keeps working the ground, he's probably not going to get a good crop that year. It's the same way spiritually. Our our prayer time. Our reading the word of God. Our devotional time. Let me help you. Let me tell you something. Help you understand something in this house this morning. If you stop seeking the word of God. If you stop praying the more you kind of feel like I don't need to read my Bible today or I don't need to pray today. Eventually over time it will get a little bit less and a little bit less and over time you won't realize it but the devil will take you to a place you never thought. Sin will take you farther than you want to go. Cost you more than you want to pay and leave you in places longer than you intended to stay. I'm telling you you can think you've got it all right. You can think You've been saved for 30 years, 40 years, 50 years. You can think of it, but the devil doesn't care if you've been saved for five minutes or for 50 years. He's on a warpath. He's coming hell or high water. You better church. I'm telling you, if I've ever been more passionate about something, a day in my life, you better put your face off of Facebook, put your face back in a book. You better get off Instagram and Twitter and TikTok if you want to know something. TikTok, God's coming. You better get off that stuff and you better start seeking the face of God. The devil's out for your soul. He's out for your children. You better make sure your heart prepared for his arrival. The Bible tells us a story of ten virgins and five were wise and five were foolish. And the five that were foolish went running into town thinking they were going to buy oil. But at the time they came back, the bridegroom had already left. Why did the five other ones be able to go? Because they were prepared for his arrival. They were ready for him to come. Preparation is tedious, I know. It gets tiring, it gets weary. But nothing happens if you don't do it. Nothing's going to happen if you don't put the effort into it. You don't become a better athlete if you never practice. You don't become a better musician if you never practice. You don't become a better teacher or speaker if you never speak or teach. There's preparation. All throughout Scripture, even the Levites, they had to follow meticulous process to administer the elements of god they had to go through a preparation they had to cleanse themselves they had to wash themselves they had to change their clothes before they could even go inside there was a process they had to prepare themselves before they walked into the holy of holies because if they did not follow the process of preparation they would drop dead in the presence of an almighty god i would hate to say this today but boy if god was still like he was back then how many people would be not here how many people walk into church on a Sunday morning, give God half praise, half worship? They're living half right, not living half right. They're doing this, that, and, he's this, that, and he's this. If he operated like the Old Testament, many people would be laying dead on our Sunday morning. We'd be doing more than we'd be doing celebrations because there'd be more people on the floor than sitting in the pew. I know it gets quiet. I know you don't want to hear it, but it's the truth. Until the soil is in the right condition, the farmer's ability is limited. He
5: can't move forward if
2: he stays straight in line with his rows. If he gives up too early during the months of preparation, it will hinder the amount of success and the fruitfulness of his crop. It is the job of the farmer to break up the hardened ground so that the seeds are sown with a chance of germination and ultimate survival. Then after he prepares, he plants. He puts seed in it for the harvest. A seed is comprised of three parts. Seed coat. The embryo is what will eventually become the plant, what will break forth out of the seed coat. The endosperm is that food inside of it, keeping it alive until the day of germination takes full course. The seed coat is the hard out and shell that we see of the seed that is protecting it so nothing can mess up the endosperm and the embryo. It keeps harmful things out. When that seed goes into a ground, it doesn't get thrown on top of the ground. There's a hole that is dug and dirt is put over the top of the seed. Can I tell you in order for a seed to work, it takes dirt to work. So for all the hell you have walked through, all the stories you've been through, all of the bad nights that you've had, all the sleepless nights, all of the, 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 the walking of darkness, the extramarital affairs, the financial crisis, all the hell the devil has put you through, just know God will use that dirt that that devil is slinging to protect the seed that he has inside of you. He'll use all that dirt to help you become successful one day. That's what grace and mercy is all about. That dirt is there can I tell you, we are the embryo, spiritually speaking. We are that untapped, unlimited potential. How do you say that, preacher? Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I have plans for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. We may not be fully where God wants us to be yet, but God will keep developing us and He'll keep protecting us and one day we'll spring forth and we'll be able to declare the glory of God in the land of the living. The Word of God, or Jesus Christ, is the food that keeps us. It's like the... Endosperm, the Word of God,
5: is the food that keeps the destiny alive. Even when my heart, when
2: my spirit is weak, it is the Spirit of God that will bring back to remembrance the thing that I have. It is the Spirit of God. It is the Word of God. When I don't know what to do, it's when I open up the Word of God, it will speak. When I don't know how to handle it, it's the Word of God. I'm telling you, God's Word was what will sustain you when it all falls apart. The Holy Spirit, He's like the seed coat. He's the protector. He's the one knocking saying, don't do this. Don't go there though that he's trying to protect and to guide and to keep us on the right path he's keeping he's trying to keep the enemy away and help us to walk the straight and narrow all of this comes together, but the dirt and all can be used
5: for of God in Matthew thirteen we find the prayer.
2: there was a hardened ground the stony ground the thorny ground and the good soil the rocky ground was the people whose hearts were hardened and they didn't know. What they wanted to do with their lives. They were walked over. They had been trampled on. They had been abused. They were just callous. They didn't have emotions. They didn't feel anything anymore. They just were done. The stony ground was like shallow people. They hear the word, respond to it, then they start hopping from church to church looking for the next revival, the next big high. They're like trying to be a spiritual drug addict. They're waiting for the next puff of something to get them a little bit better. and Rather than staying rooted and grounded, they're just bouncing over here trying to get a couple puffs of that revival and bouncing over here to get a couple puffs of this revival and they're just going back and forth, back and forth. They're not stable. The thorny soil is like anxious people. It's people that like drama. They are the people that create crisis, love drama. They are anxious. They are worry When they see a crisis, instead of running to running from it, they run to it to try to look like. They are the people that are just trying to create problems on the, amongst the body. The good soil is the one, the Bible says, produces fruit. Now, I'm going to just warn you. It's about to get rough. Because that's what the Bible says. I've been nice so far. But I'm going to tell you something, my world's been rocked this week. I sat in my chair last night at 3 o'clock in the morning and I told God, I refuse to let the devil take me out this time. I'm not doing it again. I'll tell you right now, I'm not preaching this to you today because I'm trying to be a jerk. I'm preaching to you this today because I'm telling you, you better make sure you and God are okay because at any moment your world can change on a dime. You better know. You better know, you better know who God is. I'm gonna tell you something today that's not gonna make you very happy, but I believe it is from God. Bring me that fishing pole and that net, Miss Brenda, if you don't mind. I'm gonna use. If you, everybody knows what this is. Fishing pole. You know what you do with fishing pole? You throw it out and fish. Pretty self explanatory, isn't it? Even Berkeley people can understand that. High school, I mean, high school. They can't do math, but they understand fishing. God bless them. When you go fishing, you take a rod and reel. You go fishing, you have bait that you put on the end of the line. Now, depending on what Type of fish you're wanting to catch will determine what kind of bait you use. When
5: I go lock down, then the hook's up here and it goes. My bait on, and I start reeling
2: it in. Sometimes I get a bite, sometimes I don't. But if yeah. I keep throwing it long enough, eventually, a one a fish it's going to bite the line i'm going to reel it in i'm going to pick it up put it in my live well or my boat or whatever cooler i have if i decide to keep it but that fish
5: are a certain type of fish
2: now we're going to come back to this so don't get don't get excited yet he's like oh this ain't rough yet oh it's getting there just wait but if i go fishing with a net I don't get one fish. I get lots of fish. All throughout Scripture, you never find Jesus when he went with his disciples throughout poles. Hello? Anybody read their Bible this week? What did Jesus always tell them to throw out? Nets! Throw it on the right side. What happened when they threw it on the right side? Bunch of fish. They had to get help to get it up, right? You know when you go fishing with the net, what I don't get to do? Choose the fish to get in the net. <laughs> God help me, I'm going to lose my job. But I love it anyway. I'm going to do it anyway. It was my last sermon. I'm going out with a bang. Happy Fourth of July.
5: See, the. They want certain people to come to our church. White people. Black people. We only want welcome here. We got bills to pay.
2: You know, Chinese people. We fish with what we want. And if they don't look like us, they don't look like the preacher in a three-piece suit. They don't smell like us like they just bought something off of, you know, They don't have their hair put up, look like they've spent $300 this month to get their hair fixed. A pastor. You know we, we, are, we are part of the ch- we, are, we are a town church. We are in the town of Monk's Corner. People know us. They work with us. They communicate with the pastor. We can't have the drug addicts come to our church. You know what kind of label that'll put on us? What, pastor? You know if a prostitute showed up at church, we can't have that kind of build. We can't, pastor. I mean, what if the what if the town prostitute, the harlot of town, came to church? Oh, pastor, we can't. Whew. Pastor, you know we can't. I mean, she needs Jesus, but don't you think she'd be better at First Baptist? They want saved, always saved. She's got a better shot there. Hello? You know what I'm talking about? You know I'm telling the truth? Churches do it all the time. We fish with what we want. And you know what's good about a fishing pole? If I don't like the fish that I have, I can take it off the line. Come on, somebody act like you fish. Mason, what do you do if you don't want the fish? Thank you. Somebody's with me today. You throw it back! And we do it in the church so well. Oh, pastor. I don't. I know they came this past Sunday, but you know, don't you think we should encourage them? <laughs> I mean, maybe not to stay here. What are we doing? We're throwing them back. But I'll be dog, and I'm going to say it or die. It'll be a cold day in hell before I ever... Tell somebody they're not welcome to God. And I'm telling you right now, I'll go fishing. I'm not fishing with a pole. I'm fishing with nets. You're white? Come to church. You're African American? Come to church. You're rich? Come to church. You're poor? Come to church. Red, yellow, black, and white, green. I don't care if you're purple. You can be Barney the dinosaur for all I care. We'll talk to you about Jesus too. You know, I love you. You love me. We're a big happy family. We'll figure this thing out. But we're going to fish not with a pole. we fishing with a net. I don't care if you're red, yellow, black and white, rich, purple. I don't care what you are. We are here. I'm going to go out knowing that I'm not going to throw them out. I'm going to keep fishing. And keep. I'm going to throw the net on the right side. I'm going to throw the net on the left side. I'm going to throw the net in the front of the boat. I'm going to throw the net in the back of the boat. If whosoever will, Lord, let them come and let them hear about Jesus
5: look like let them know there's still a God that
2: loves them there's still a God that loves them most people don't want to fish with a net because you fish with a net you don't get to choose the fish you have to accept what comes in the net God didn't tell me to clean the fish he told me to catch them that's his job the problem is the church has decided we should be cleaning instead of catching we should shut our mouths and catch them and let God clean them boy that's good preaching even if you don't want to be church of God today you could sit there and be nominal, but I'm telling you, it's the truth whether we like it or not. God never said, you clean them. He said, I clean, you catch. You catch. Can I just tell you, if everyone looks like you, acts like you, sings like you, talks like you, and is as smart as you are, and you're the smartest person in the group, find another group. I'm serious. Find another group. Because what happens is, after the planting, the plant starts to come up, and the Farmer goes out there and he starts cutting off dead stuff. He starts pruning it. He's whacking it down. You think all that work, and you're like, well, he's pruning it. He knows what he's doing. Because when he cuts it back, it makes it have a better success for the next year's harvest. He's pruning it. The Word teaches we do the catching, God does the cleaning, God will weed it out.
5: In fact, it is used in
2: hay. What they do is they stick it down into the and they throw it up in the air and they watch the hay. And what happens is the heavier grains of wheat or barley or whatever falls down straight. But there's something known as the chaff. It's like the frivolous parts. The wind catches it and it just blows. Like tumbleweed, it just blows away. What the farmer is trying to do is he's trying to separate the wheat from the tares. Anybody ever heard that in the Bible before? What he's doing is separating the good from the bad, the, the, the stuff that we need versus what we don't need. It helps separate the husks from the grains. In Matthew chapter 3, verse 12, and in Luke chapter 3, verse 17, we find the same scripture. His winnowing fork is in his hand. This was the, John the Baptist was talking about Jesus. He was talking about the ministry of Jesus and the work of the Holy Spirit in Jesus. He was talking about Jesus when he said these things. In his hand, there's a winnowing fork. He will thoroughly clear the the threshing floor. He will gather his wheat into the barn, and he will burn up the chaff with an unquenchable fire. What he was prophetically saying is, the righteous will make it to heaven inside the barn. That was representing heaven. The unquenchable fire was representing the eternal damnation we call hell. He will burn away the fluff. You can say, Pastor, I don't believe that. That's hard preaching. Well, you know what? You better hope you're right, because I'd hate for you to be wrong. But I'm telling you, there is a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And I'm telling you, you can sit here this morning, yourself, or maybe you've got friends and family. You can be kind of callous and not reaching them for Jesus or be like, well, whatever you want to. But I'm telling you, if I'm wrong, I still made it to heaven and, you know, I just preached it this way. But if you go by your philosophy and you don't believe there's a hell to, to shun and a heaven to gain and you decide to live that way, and you're wrong, you got a whole lot more to lose than I do in this situation. You better, re- you better think about how much it's going to cost you if you're wrong. He uses this winnowing fork to prune it. God didn't ask us to sort. He asked us to just provide a boat and a net. Nowhere in Scripture did Jesus say, clean them, boys. He said, cast us out into the deep. Can I borrow your boat? And kind of have your nets. Never asked them to clean them. In fact, the only time in Scripture we ever find cleaned fish, the disciples weren't even there. The whole time, in all of the entire Bible of actual fish cleaning business, the disciples weren't a part of it. The Bible says, in John, they were out toiling all night. Jesus tells them, they, they catch anything. thing. They said, no. He tells them to cast it on the other side. They cast it. On the other side, they draw a big net of fish. They have to call their buddies to help them. Peter realizes it's the Lord. He takes off, jumps out the boat, swims to the shore. But notice what the Bible says in John, and I believe it's chapter number uh, 21. Let me read it to you if I can find it here. Uh, Just one moment. Uh, Let me read it. And Jesus, Simon Peter, dragged a net. And let's see this, verse number, verse number 9. As soon as they had come to land, they saw, verse number 9, John 21 and 9. As soon as they came to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and fish laid upon it. Laid is past tense. Where in the world did the fish come from? The nets are out there in the boat. Jesus don't work a full-time job with money. Where the fish, Listen, if God has to call fish out of the sea to hop on the fire, He'll do what He's got to do. He'll provide all of my needs according to His riches in Christ Jesus. What I'm trying to tell you is even in Scripture where we've seen clean fish on a fire, we don't find we did it. God did it. We're still catching. God's cleaning while we're catching. We're out there just reaching them in. Jesus is already cleaning them. So all these times people come into church
5: looking for answers, looking for something clean them. Maybe God's already
2: trying to we're just to catch them. God's to clean them. God's to clean them. Pruning is never pleasant but it is necessary. We don't have the right to determine who hears the gospel and who doesn't. We all need to realize that we all were saved by the grace of Jesus Christ. And Finally Ms. Carol as you make your way. Finally after preparation, planting and pruning you get your produce. The crop comes up years of corn, the wheat, the barley, whatever you were planting. You have planted. You have prepared. You've pruned. You've done it all. And finally you go out into the garden or to the field. And you look and you know it's ready. It's ready to harvest the cotton. It's ready to pick the peanuts. It's ready to get the corn. It's ready. All those months of labor Ready, It's ready. Everyone may not be the one to reap the harvest, but everyone plays a part in the success of the harvest. You don't believe it? Let me read it to you. First Corinthians chapter three, verse six through nine. Apostle Paul said, "I planted Apollo's watered, but God gave the increase. So it's neither him that plants anything, nor he that watereth, but God that gets the increase." Now he that planteth and he that watereth, they are one. Every man shall receive his own reward according to his own labor. For we are laborers together with God. God is the husbandry or the vine dresser. And we are God's building. James 5, 7 and 8
5: says this. There be patient, brethren, until the coming of the Lord. For the
2: precious produce of the soil... Being patient about it until it gets the early and latter rains. You too, likewise, be patient. Strengthen your hearts. For the coming of the Lord is near. That's James 5, 7, and 8. You can't make it up. It's in the Bible. I didn't write it. I just read it. I didn't write it. Jesus said, you better be ready because I'm coming. You better know when to pick the harvest. If I had an object laid out on this table before you and had a sheet laid over it, didn't tell you what it was, didn't tell you anything about it, but offered someone $1,000 to come up here and take their fist and hit it as hard as they can. You can't touch the sheet in terms of feeling it. All you can do when you, when you touch the sheet it has to be direct impact from, from your hit. That's it. No doubt many people in here, and there might be a few that says, oh, I can't do that till I know what it is. There's some crazy person in this building Probably under 18, that's like I could use $1,000 and they will hit the mess. I don't care if it breaks their arm. They will hit the mess out that thing. Let's say when they did that, I pulled the sheet back and underneath it laid a child. That now we had to call EMS to because we fractured or broken something inside of them. You say, Pastor, what a morbid example. Well, let me help you with something. You may not can see what's in the inside of people that they're going through day to day. But God does. And sometimes we could be beating them up and not realizing they're hidden thing, there are things hidden in their hearts and we're beating the mess out of them and don't realize we're hurting them rather than helping them. Now, if I had that person come up here and they beat, they hit as hard as they can, I pulled that sheet back and it's a person, they're going to feel horrible for what they've done. Well, I wonder how many times if God should ever let us see it on the tron of heaven. I wonder how many times we have beat people down, browbeated them, King James Bible beat them. We beat people, slapped people, not necessarily physically, but we have beat them down spiritually, emotionally, to the point that we cause damage spiritually to them. I wonder how we'd feel if we knew that. Broken ribs may be replaced. Broken bones may be set back together. Broken lives and broken hearts sometimes are irreparable. Sticks and stones may break your bones. Words may never harm you. That's a lie. Words are a whole lot worse. I'd rather get hit by a two by four and break every bone in my body than have somebody say something hurtful to me. Because I'll always live those words in my head for the rest of my life. I'm going to tell you right now, Over the course of this past week, there's some things that have happened in my life that have wrecked my world. I'd rather somebody walked into my house and hit me with a baseball bat as hard as they could in my face than to face what I had had to deal with this week. I'd rather been shot point blank range, brother Judy, than to be told what I was told this week and have to face. I'd rather somebody pull out a gun and just take me. So what I'm here to tell you today, church, You don't know what people are going through. It ain't our job to clean them. It ain't our job to beat them. It's our job to catch them and let God clean them. That's the process. We got it all out of that. We want to beat them and clean them when our job was to catch them. And that's it. Just catch them. Let God do the rest. Can I tell you today as we close, God sees what everyone, including you and I, can be one day. He protects us from the destructive forces of the enemy. There is still a harvest to be won and obtained. And the day in which we live, there is still a desperate need of laborers. Can I tell you today, I don't care where you come from and what you've done. I'm telling you, God needs you. He needs me. and He needs Brother Randy and Brother Mary. and another, But He needs you too. We can't do it alone. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I'm going to ask just a series of a couple of questions, and then I'm done. And then I'm segueing out of here to process the remainder of my day. Here's my question to you today. First and foremost, I never want to close a service without asking somebody, if they do not know that they're right with God.